Good day, good day, good day, everyone. It's your boy, Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner at the Pete the Planner Show. Welcome, live stream. We're so glad you came back. I mean, for a while, I was like, no, they're never coming back. But you're back. You're here. We're excited to see you. Uh, by we, I mean my brother, who's not my brother, Damien Dunn. Hello, Dame. Hey, Pete. Totally not related. Not at all. Uh, how you doing today, bro? Uh, it is Friday. It is sunny. There is a hint of warmth in the air. Oh, I am feeling good, like I uh, should. I uh, I'm gonna brag on myself for a second. I ran five miles this morning outside and uh, cold for the first mile. The next four miles went pretty well. I'm just impressed that you managed to finish five miles. Five five and a quarter, but I didn't want to. I don't want to. You know what I mean? You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Dame, uh, wore a special shirt this week. I want to share it with the folks. Well, well, pug shirt this week. I don't know. Maybe people like it. Maybe they don't. Uh, Dame, we've got, uh, three topics that we're going to cover today. We have got, uh, oh, I don't even remember. What were you going to talk about? <laughs> we're going to play a, a wonderful new game called win, lose or fail. Win, lose or fail. We are going to talk about um how to put together a next dollar plan and of course dame we are also going to talk about what was the third topic oh uh, 401k balance oh 401k balance remember the yeah, the 401k balance the yeah. Yeah. do you have that article up or do i have that article up i'm trying to remember what do you share it in the uh the other thread yeah i can find that okay um let's get started on the show and and good news everybody we have ditched zencaster forever and it's going to save us $20 a month. Oh, TD wants you to know he's watching today from his computer. Hey, bud. Hey, Thomas. Thomas, look at this dog. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. Uncle Peter's weird. I'm not your uncle, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Thomas, I hope you're, uh, I hope you're being, a, you know, good today. You know, it's always a good thing to do. You've got a good mom and dad, Thomas. So, uh, you know, See, I told you, Thomas. Uh, oh, Jameson down in Texas. Jameson, uh, we want to know if you're okay. You and your family, um, hopefully you uh, lasted the frigid condi conditions uh, that everyone was dealing with down there. So, all right, Dan, let's start the show. Um, let's start with, you want to do the 401k balance thing? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. You know, I should probably pull it up too. What I put it in the current events? Uh, current events, yeah. All right. All right. Did it, did it. Okay, I got it. Um, oh, well, there you go. And sorry, everybody. I, I, and here we go. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. When we get your email, we'll we'll read it, you know, maybe we'll read it, maybe we won't. And if we do, we may answer the question on the air. And by we, I mean, Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice here at Your Money Line and Hey Money. Hey, Dame. Hey, Pete. Mrs. Planner just ran by the studio as we're talking here. That's the thing about recording your radio show from your home is that you can actually see your loved ones run by as though they're being chased by large mammals. She wasn't, she was just exercising. Dame, this week we are talking about the average 401k balance for Americans. We are at different ages. We are talking about a next dollar plan and what in the world that means. It happens just to be my current obsession. And then, Dame, you and I are going to play a little game called Win, Lose, or Fail. What industries will benefit from pent-up consumer demand here in 2021 and beyond? What companies will suffer because their industry is no longer in favor and what industries will fail for that same reason. All right, Dame. So uh, this week on CNBC on their make it brand, they had a uh, 401k balance by age chart. So they're going to, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the average balance in a person's 401k based on their age and the average percentage of their contribution by age, which actually has me more concerned than anything. So let's begin. Dave, do you want to start at the, uh, you want to start in the seventies or do you want to start in the twenties? Where, where do you think we start here? Uh, let's, uh, let's start with the twenties. I think the, uh, the progression might be a little bit more surprising for folks there. All right. So, um, 
Dame, the average 401k balance for people 29 years old and younger, that is 20 to 29 years old, is $15,000. Does that surprise you? Does it surprise me? No, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think a lot of people focus on saving for their retirement in their 20s because they're just getting started with life and they've got a whole bunch of uh, consumerism they feel like they got to get get uh, headed to. So uh, 15000 bucks uh, doesn't surprise me, but man, would their lives be a lot easier later if it was bigger than that. Yeah, you know, um, I've always liked the number 30. I think if you hit 30,000 by the time you're 30, depending on your income, I, I think that's a really good place to be. Um, 15 seems a little light, but Dame, also we have to acknowledge the fact that uh, student loans are an issue, certainly for people in that age group. But 15,000 um, is the average. And it's also worth noting, anytime you do personal finance averages of Americans, your goal isn't to be at the average. Your goal is to be above the average. By the way, my mom is calling right now. Should I pick her up live on the air? I will leave that up to you. I'm going to hard pass on that. Yeah. Dame, 30 to 39, 30 to 39, $50,800 is the average balance for people's 30 to 39. I kind of wish they would have just picked one age and not a nine-year range would have been a lot more helpful, don't you think? Yeah, uh, that's one of my biggest gripes with charts like these is the range is so broad that it almost becomes uh, not meaningless, but not very introspective. Because what's silly about that, let, let's just say someone's 20 years old, they don't have a 401k balance. So yeah. you're averaging that in with people who have one at, at age 29. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. But hey, people ask these questions all the time. How much should I have at a certain age? And well, we're just giving the people kind of what they want. Not really what they want, but kind yeah, of. Yeah, I've now completely disenchanted with this entire chart, right? Well, we're bought into it at this point, so we got to keep going. 40 to 49. Um, oh, by the way, do you remember, Dame, what your balance? You don't have to share it. I'm just curious if you remember your balance at around age 30. Do you, do you remember? I'm struggling to know mine. Um, I bet I wasn't too far off, to be honest with you. Okay. You think you're around that 15? Uh. I'm trying to think of when I would have, what, what time period that would have been. Some of the market stuff that was going on. Um, we would have, what year would that have been? 2008. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know, okay. I know where I was. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably in that neighborhood, maybe a little more. 40 to 49, 120,800. Okay. So what's odd about this, too, uh, is if you've got two working adults, then you're suggesting that both people in that household would be at 120,800 by the time they're 49 years old. But again, that's not completely accurate because they're also factoring in people's age of 40 mm -hmm. as well. I have to go ahead. So w w the, w the way I was looking at this chart, you know, if we just take 29, 39, 49, 59, 69 as, as the ages that, that we're looking at here, yeah. basically 10 year segments is, is what we're going for. 15, from 29 to 39, the money doubles and there were some additional contributions being made. 39 to 49, it doubles, but not a lot of extra contributions are being made. And then as, as we go, we start to see this um, slow down. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point, man. Uh, 50 to 59, ages 50 to 59, the average balance of a 401k is 203,600, which is only 80... $2,400 more than the previous decade. What happened there? Do you think it's people paying for college? Do you think it's people becoming homeowners? What, what do you think it is? I think there's all sorts of demands that we've talked about uh, all the time, whether it's paying for the kid's college, whether it's maybe helping uh, some, some siblings or parents out with some, some stuff that they just can't swing or they're, they're in a pinch and they need some cash. Maybe it's their own stuff. The lifestyle got a little bit out of control and they had to take a 401k loan or they felt like they had to take a 401k loan. There's all sorts of issues that start to creep up in your life at this point in time. And to see 401k balances not uh, at least double just by what you would probably expect with the market to do in that point in time doesn't make a, it's not a huge surprise to me at this point. Ages 60 to 69, 229,100. So Dude, about 25 grand more than in your 50s. But here's what you have to factor in here. Distribution. People are making withdrawals at this point. 
But uh, so, so we're saying a person's nest egg more or less, you know, tops off at 229,000 per person. Um, so, so what's odd about this is it suggests that if you had two people who worked their entire careers of that age, that they'd have roughly $500,000 of investable assets, which is reasonable. I, I think that is a very common scenario that, that financial advisors all across the country would say, yeah, this is what I see every day. Uh, is it what most people hope to have saved or would need to have saved to have the retirement that they're uh, crossing their fingers for? Well, it depends on a few different things, but um, I think this is a pretty reasonable portrayal of reality in this country. A uh, listener on Facebook Live asked, Caleb asked, uh, is this median or is it average? The answer is it is average. Uh, Dame, 70 plus, 213,600. I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised it's not lower the, the, because what you and I know is people really struggle to figure out distribution rate, especially within the first 10 years of retirement. So the fact that it's only $15,000 less than what a balance was in someone's 60s uh, is good. I guess. Well, and that people haven't convinced them to transfer it to an IRA that somebody else can make money off of. Still in a 401k account. Yeah, you know what? Amanda Grace on Facebook Live just made a really, uh, really important point here. She says, this chart is based on people in different generations too. It's not like it's the same person's balance at 20, 30, 60, and 70. Oh, we just found our third host of the show. Her name is Amanda Grace. Quickly, uh, Dame, contribution averages in those demographics as well as we wrap up this segment ages 20 to 29 the average is 7.4 percent which makes me sick to my stomach y'all it needs to be 12 to 14 if you're in that age group a age 30 to 39 it's 8.3 that's not going to cut it y'all 40 to 49 8.9 percent not going to happen 50 to 59 averages 10.4 and 60 to 69 is 11.4. It's too late at that point as well. Dame, coming up after the break, a little game called Win, Lose, or Fail. Where does pent-up consumer demand go next? You'll find out on Pete the Planner. That was a pretty good out, I gotta be honest. I didn't start my clock till much later, so I was just hoping you were gonna make it really obvious. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda Grace. They, oh, uh, da, 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 da. oh, Matt uh, R, who we found out last week is not the Matt R, but he is the Matt R of this show. That's true. 401k isn't the only retirement vehicle. That's correct. Great point. Great point. Uh, Todd asks, could older folks be impacted as a result of being on previous pension plans as opposed to 401k? Potentially, potentially. I think most people are aging out of that altogether. Um, or, or those trends are being aged out altogether because but pension plans really started to go away around 1983. And then since that time frame, we're about 10% of the population has a, has a pension today. I will tell you anecdotally that a lot of the people that I work with that have a pension and a 401k or 403, well, 401k, um, they've turned into really good savers in their 401k side. So they've got a, a really nice pension benefit and a really nice uh, 401k sitting there to be used for whatever the heck they want. So uh, j uh, I would be cautious if you were thinking that uh, if somebody had a pension, they may not necessarily be saving as much in a, a 401k because that's a different generation. As Pete alluded to, that started getting phased out a long time ago. Um, and it just hasn't held true. So that's my, my experience. Dame, do you, are you referencing uh, the client we have that's got that? That the... Indeed, I am. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Because when we first started doing programming with them, I, I was doing one-on-ones down at their facilities. And I remember seeing their balances and just truly being shocked at how high their 401k balances were. And they had a really robust pension. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are going to be just fine in yeah. retirement. Uh, Ryan asked, is the recommended contribution amounts that I just said, does that include employer match? No, that's just the individual. I want to see an, well, no, no, actually it does include employer match. I just, uh, I'm sorry, 12 to 14%. So if you put in eight and your employer puts in four, that gets you to 12 of your income each year. And you just need to stay at that. If a college graduate, a 22 year old gets out of school and does that their entire career, they will never regret it. And it is the easiest path to a good retirement. The challenge is you're 41 years old and you've heard this concept for the first time, Dame, it ain't 12 to 
No, it's going to have to, it's going to probably hurt a little bit if you want to try and get caught up. All right, let's hit the next segment. A little win, lose, or fail. Let me pull up the doc. I did a little show prep. I don't want to alarm you, but I did some show prep. So I pulled up a document here. Okay. I, I am excited. Starting the segment in three, two, one. Back on the Pete, the planner show. Dame, it's time for your favorite game show. Win, lose, or fail. Dame, the consumer demand is a real thing right now. And people are getting excited that vaccine is being put into people's arms and the infection rates are going down and hospitalization rates are going down and all of these things are great. So, Dame, here's what I have to tell you. People are really excited to spend money. And I believe the next 18 months might be one of the biggest economic booms of all time. So what you and I are going to do, we're going to play a little game show called Win, Lose, or Fail, in which we will go through particular industries and we will talk about will they win these 18 months? Will they lose or will they fail? Uh, so the, the distinction between lose and fail, I think we need to come up with that. Do, do you have an idea for that? I do. I'm curious if you have an idea. I, I would say lose would be uh, performance uh, below average or maybe not what they have experienced in the, the past uh, year or so. And then fail would be a potential going out of business or uh, rethinking business uh, operations. All right. So here we go. We're playing win, lose, or fail. Uh the airlines, the airlines, Dame, will the airlines win, lose or fail? And we're talking 18 months, uh, the timeline that we're looking at here. 18 months. I, I'm going to go with a win for the airlines. I think people are going to travel and they are going to go travel like they have never traveled before. And they're going to need to get to places and they're going to choose airplanes to do it. I'm going to choose win. And, and I, I have to I have a qualifier here, though. And you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me and mock me and call me an elitist. Again, here's my conundrum. I plan on doing that, but I have so many uh, ticket vouchers for canceled flights from last year, and so many airline miles that I'm not kidding. I've got probably 14 free tickets. So if I take 14 different buy 14 different tickets this year, I haven't spent a dime. Is that just me? I, I thought maybe you were like just priming me for what uh, what bonuses were going to look like this year. No. Yeah. Um. So it's, 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 that's probably a unique situation to a business traveler, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless your family does a lot of extensive travel, uh, then I, I don't think people are going to be in that situation. But I could totally see you know, people that made their living on the road having some some uh, uh, free travel coming their way. I put out on Twitter this week, my, the restaurant I missed the most on the road at airports, that is in Minneapolis, there was a restaurant called Ike's that actually went out of business before the pandemic hit, man. It was my favorite airport restaurant. I would get there early and just, I'd get a French dip and just sit there and drink a Minneapolis brewed beer. And it was wonderful. That was also this, why I was the size of a <laughs> Embraer. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Next up, restaurants, Dame. Win, lose, or fail. I've got my fingers crossed that that's going to be a big, big win uh, as people get out and start circulating and have uh, a life that looks a lot more like 2019 than 2020. Go enjoy some food at some local shops. I think it's going to be a win. I think what'll be interesting is many restaurants, and I happen to be friends with a lot of restaurateurs, um, the ones that have pivoted, and, and there's a term for the food that is totally escaping me, which would have made a much more a cogent point there's a it's almost like a, i don't know anyway burgers pizza those that have shifted to that are going to be better served you're not going to see a lot of uh, white tablecloth uh, dining fine dining opening up so it's going to be the people that can make pizza and burgers profitably uh next up dame zoom and other telework services win lose or fail I want to say lose. I really do because I, I maybe that's just my personal disdain from having to stare at people on, on these things. But uh, I would love to see people get to actually be in rooms with other people and kind of move away from from the teleconference side of things for a while. There's nothing like being able to look in somebody's eyes in person instead of staring at a camera. 
it is tough. Our executive team, you know, we meet a couple times a week, the four of us, and um, it is really hard. It is really hard to have those level of important conversations that are so nuanced staring at a, a computer screen. It's awful. So I'm going to go lose. I don't think they'll fail because I think we've created this whole thing. But so uh, we both agree on everything so far, right? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Next up, commercial real estate. Win, win lose, or fail. I think it's going to be lose, even though I just said that I don't want people to do uh, uh, teleconferences quite as much and be in an office space with other folks. I think there's going to be a, a continued reckoning with commercial real estate going forward. And as people reconsider what their needs are for an office, maybe the footprints get a little bit smaller or the, the hybrid work from home and coming to the office situation becomes a little bit more regular. But I think commercial real estate is going to be in a big bind in a lot of markets. Uh, I agree. I think they definitely lose, but at least they haven't hit fail. Next up, residential real estate. Win, lose, or fail. Man, this has to come to a stop at some point, doesn't it? I, you would think. I, I don't think it's about gonna, Bitcoin now. What's that? You're talking about Bitcoin? <laughs> well, oh, sorry. No, uh, residential real estate. I, I think it's got to slow down. It's got to cool off. Uh, people are going to uh, be a little bit more comfortable with, with where they're at or not feel quite so much pressure to change their situation. Um, and the, the bubble pops a little bit. It's, it's not going to fail, but it's, it's going to lose uh, and things are going to come back down to reality a little I've bit. got a loss on that one as well. Next up, malls. Win, Win lose, or fail. 18 months? In the next 18 months. Lose. Long-term fail. Wow. You know what? We are in lockstep today. Maybe it's because we, we have the same last name. We have kids of the same age. We're the same age and we look alike, but we're not related. Next up, Dame, home renovation companies, including landscapers and, uh, you know, home renovation. Win, lose, or fail. Win. I think they, they're going to continue to win for another 18 months easy as people want to be comfortable in their home and have the space that fits their lifestyle and, and work habits. So um, people are going to look internal for, for a bit to, to make sure they're living where they want to live. And if that doesn't mean buying a new house, that means fixing the one you got. We disagree. Really? I've got them at fail. Oh, no, I, I lose. Lose. I've got them oh, at lose. That's, oh my God, that's oh, wow. Wow. That's great. Sorry, everybody. I lose. I, I think they're going to, they're going to realize that people want to spend their money in other places, right? If, if some of these other ones are wins, then where people were spending their money in the last 12 months, some of those places are going to lose out on that. And I think that is one of them. All right. Next one is going to be crazy. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Groceries. Win, lose, or fail. Oh man, compared to where they have been in the last 12 months, that's going to have to be, you know, I still think they're going to win. If I, restaurants I, win, how can grocery stores win? So, so here's, and, and I'm tipping my hand a little bit to some news that I've got, but a lot of it's going to depend on some of the laws that are coming down that the, a lot of large grocery stores are going to be forced to reckon with. So, um, I'm saying toss up. I know that wasn't an option and it's a cop out. I'm going toss up. I'm going lose. Uh, we got to speed up. We got a minute left. Dave. All right. So a speed round. Okay. Ready? Liquor stores. Win, lose, lose or fail. fail. Win. Lose. Because people, people drink in good times and bad. We all know that. I yeah. mean, you do. You do. I really do. But I just think people are going to change their buying habits because of the restaurants. We, have to, go, we have to go quick. Boats and RVs. Boats and RVs. Win, win lose, or fail. fail. Lose. Agree. Lose. Hotels. Win, win lose, or fail. fail. Win. Win. Finally, rental cars. Win, win lose, or fail. fail. Win. Nothing parties like a rental. Oh, man. Fastest car on planet. That's right. A rental car. Dame, coming up. That went really well. That went really well. Coming up after the break, what is a next dollar plan? And how can you use a next dollar plan to participate in all of this consumerism we just discussed? There's wild comments going on on Facebook Live that thinks we're wrong. We'll find out next. I beat the planner. Yeah, people are people are really have opinions here. Pete, Pete if people are going to get out and start being with friends and start being active again, are they just going to go to the grocery and buy a, a, a case of soda? Or are they going to the liquor store 
and getting some libations to take out and, and be with their friends. So you think people drink more with friends than they drink alone? Occasionally. I. Why would I want to drink with friends when I drink so much alone? <laughs> that may be a personal issue, Pete, that we need to discuss later, but... And maybe at exec. I like uh, to keep my edge when I'm around. (laughs) No one invites me to parties. So we've clearly talked about this in the show. Nobody invites you to parties because you don't go to parties. Yeah. I hate parties. See? I I don't like small talk. And I don't like to talk about work. And I... And if if I'm going to one, I'll... Like I've said in the past, I'll be the first one there. I'll probably help you set up. What, What if... And then I'm the first to leave. That's my dad's move. I'm like, gotta go, everybody. What if somebody invited you to a party that was nothing but discussing data? Drinks and data. I would go. I mean, yeah, I would go. <laughs> I just like, if like if I'm there and people are like, did you watch The Bachelor? I just want to bang my face into something and leave. Like, I, I don't want to talk about stuff like that. Did you? No, I don't. I've got a hot take on The Bachelor, but I cannot. I think maybe you and I should just talk about my man, Pink. Brian Pinkins says he's the same. You don't like parties? Why, dude? You're the best. Have you ever met Brian? Uh, Alex, we went to high school together. He's much younger. Um, But he works for a company that we work with. So Uh, anyway, hey, party. Don't ever invite me to a party, anybody. I'm serious. I won't go. Uh, and I won't even make up like, oh, we can't. Uh, my wife's cousin's in town. I'll just be like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's one point in our, our lives, like when we're just trying to figure out what sort of couple adult couple we are, people would invite us to stuff. We're like, oh, we can. Our cat's got malaria. And it's like, you don't have a cat. It's like, shh, dealing with a cat. I can't talk. Now I'm just like, no, we're, pro- we're not going to come. Yeah. You're an adult. You can just say no. It's the power of no, Pete. New segment in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, uh, here's the thing. Uh, pent-up consumerism will lead to spending money. And as we've talked about here recently, when the stimulus plan goes through and people get their stimulus payments, and if that advanced tax child tax credit thing goes through, a family of four who qualifies for the stimulus and has two children under the age of six will receive another twelve thousand eight hundred dollars in twenty twenty one, and they're going to do something with it. So, Dane, what we're going to talk about today is how do you prevent all of this windfall from turning into a problem for you and it is most easily talked about by by discussing a question i put out on twitter this week dame it was if you had got another thousand dollars a month tell me exactly what you would do with it it's not that surprising dame that people have no problem coming up with stuff for that it's a significant amount of money for lots and lots and lots of people so when you think well you know and it wasn't if i remember right it just wasn't uh, one month it was recurring thousand dollars a month right yeah, a recurring $1,000 a month. People are like, I'd put 400 here and 300 there and 300 there. And there you go. Yeah. And the vast majority of those responses, I scrolled through a lot of them and there were a lot of responses were great ideas. Super, super good ideas. Uh, yeah. There was only a couple real bad ones. And it's people like, well, no, it's not bad. It's like, no, no, it was bad. This is what I do for a living. They were terrible answers, but 99% were great, but there were hundreds of them. Right. So, Here's what would have happened if I would have said, what happens if you get another $100 a month or if you get another $10 a month? No one would have any answers. No one would answer it. It's not fun to think about. And if I would have put $10,000 a month, you would have had the most elaborate financial plans you've ever seen levied on Twitter. The point is this, Dame. If you know what you're going to do with your money, it doesn't really matter whether it's $100 or $1,000 or $10,000. Yet our own human weakness only lets us plan when the money seems like a lot of money. And that's a problem. Can I be uh, radically transparent with you for a moment? Oh, please do. This was uh, this concept. I heard you talk about it years ago at this point. I had hair? Yeah. Yeah. On your your head and your face. It was amazing. Was it at a party? No, of course not. Okay. Continue. And it was one of the 
best thoughts I had had put into my mind at that moment. Cause it, it wasn't a concept that I had ever heard uh, worded just that way. And I thought, man, that is, that is fantastic. And for better or worse, it got my attention, Pete. And I started following you a little closer. I, I could smell your breath. <laughs> um, I, I have to, so here's the thing about being a personal finance expert and Dame, I think you, you too have had to come to terms with this idea. You and I give a lot of guidance and advice to people, a lot of people um, in different ways. One-on-one, -on -one, which is primarily your jam and mine's in the masses. That puts pressure on you and me to do what we say others should do. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I will tell you this. The next dollar plan is my plan. Like if we have extra money come in that is not accounted for with bills or other priorities, it goes to our number one priority, which is currently unfunded, which is we do not have college for our kids fully funded. And so that is an aggressive goal that we, every extra piece of money that comes in of any size that isn't spent discretionarily goes there. And, and we don't go, oh, maybe we'll go on vacation. No, it's, it's, it's going towards that. And we had a, a, a chunk of money come in in the last 60 days or so for something pretty good size. I mean, nothing crazy, but something really nice. Just split it down the middle, put in the two kids plans and, and that's it. And that's what I'm asking people to do. I think it's a reasonable ask and it, it changes, it changes your perspective, your stress level, all sorts of stuff. When you have something identified that, you know, is going to be your go-to if whether it's five bucks, just like you said, a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, it, you put it to it because you want that goal to be accomplished as soon as possible. So you can move on to the next one. Now there's, I've, uh, there's a lot of freedom in that. I am going to deviate from the uh, next dollar plan for just a moment to uh, combine last segment with this segment and saying this, Dame, of course, I want people to have really good accumulation goals and debt elimination goals, but I know there will be pangs of uh, consumerism flowing through your body in the next several months. And so, Dame, what I want to do right now for both you and I, you and I are going to declare of all of the industries we just talked about, which ones are we purposefully going to participate in? And, and I say this because I think everyone, like right now, right now, everyone should look at this pending consumerism that's all about to happen and start making decisions now of what you're going to do with that money. Because what's wild about runaway consumerism is it will catch up with you and you will just keep going and going and going and going. And then this time next year, you are as broke as my jump shot, right? So Dame, which of these industries that we just talked about, do you and your family plan on supporting? Travel. I, th I mean, travel uh, primarily is, is the big spend. I, we still feel um, uh, a desire to spend a little locally uh, for for restaurants and whatnot to try and support uh, entrepreneurs and and whatnot locally but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of travel this summer so per my airline comments earlier which are really weird for me I, I it's not air it's not airline for me we are gonna travel um, if Canada will let us in I don't know where, where the border is we had a family trip last summer planned to Banff mm -hmm. uh, with our in-laws and uh, our uh, you know, folks. Right. So we might do that. I would say other than that, oh man, restaurants, right? Are you telling me you're going to try and drive to Banff? No, I'm going to fly to Banff. Oh, okay. But I, I'm saying, I don't have to pay for it. Oh, it's just what I'm saying like, where's your money go? I don't have to pay for it because of our right. 9,000 <laughs> travel vouchers. Yeah. Um, what we're definitely not, I mean, restaurants. Yes. Um, we're not buying a house malls. I don't know. I, I'm so anti buy my, I'm, I'm very, I've got some Joshua Becker vibe going right now. I'm, I'm sort of got, I'm not buying things. Yeah. Um, I think experiences, I think we, no one has really got to experience life for a, a year. I think like zip lining, <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to have experiences. <laughs> I mean, my, my kids, your kids, they're, they're growing up, man. And, uh, stuff, stuff isn't going to create memories. You gotta, you gotta go do, uh, do stuff with the family. And if that's local, if that's on travel, that's, that's, I, I'm getting to be that age, Pete, I'm starting to get sentimental. 
you know, it's really interesting you bring that up because uh, Tito, my man, Ted, uh, who's eight, loves sports. I mean, just, you know, he's warm-blooded American male, loves sports. Um, and, and Mrs. Planner and I used to have season tickets to uh, Colts games back when we didn't have kids and we had, you know, money to blow. But then, you know, we're saving for college and so we're not really doing that right now. But it's got me thinking, you know, next year, maybe a little 10-game pack, a little something like that, and just a... I just, I think people just want to experience life again. I mean, other than parties, right? Yeah. And no parties. The thing of the party thing is really consistent with who I am though, because I hate crowds, right? I hate traffic, which is just crowds in a car. I, but you don't, you don't hate crowds. I mean, you go out to dinner, you and you enjoy a good meal and there's, there's quite a few people there. You're just not socializing with them. You don't want to be in a crowd. You don't want to be talking to people. You just, mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's close. The discovery that I was really an introvert was was shocking to me, and it probably figured it out about ten years ago, uh, maybe longer. So I did comedy for a while uh, while my financial career was going on. I would do it on the weekends and whatnot. And um, so so then if people are like, oh, you're a comedian, you're an extrovert. It's like no, most comedians are actually introverts, and because they recharge, it's how you recharge. Like it, I give it my all all week long. I want to recharge by talking to no one. Other people want to recharge by being around people. That's how you know you're an introvert or extrovert. What, what do you, I mean, how do you recharge with or without people? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I don't mind being by myself by any stretch, but uh, I enjoy going out with a, a few friends every once in a while. You know, we totally neglected, and I'll take the blame for this, live entertainment. I, I just brought mentioned sports, but music, which I, I don't want to go to concerts too many people. Uh, but but live entertainment, theater, opera, wait. like, man, I, I can't wait. wait for that to come back. Man, I, I love Broadway shows, stuff. like I love plays. I'll go all day, uh, even though there's crowds, but it's quiet. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I, I, I'm still getting used to our new system where I don't know what I'm actually like pressing buttons and <laughs> um, we're going to shut down the whole broadcast because we're not doing two systems. Um, Mary Lou Griffin says true words about comics uh, were never uh, spoken true yeah I mean oh man it is when people find out you're in comedy or were in comedy there this this look goes on their face and it's it their base their face is saying say something funny tell, tell me a joke funny guy yeah 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 oh funny guy uh or, or they they're amused they'll go like, oh, they, they look at you differently like it's a good thing. Let me tell you, it's not. It's not it, a glamorous world. No, well, not only that, but as a, as a comedian, in that, that sense of who I, I am or was, it's the miserable part of you. <laughs> it's, it makes people laugh, but it's miserable. Right? It that, is, it's wild. What does that say about the audience? If they're laughing at somebody who's struggling with the, the miserable part of themselves on stage. So I, I've got a good friend who is a, you know, like a, like a real mm -hmm. amazing professional comedian road comic. Like he's all, he's been everywhere. Right. And, and he and I had this discussion at the beginning of the pandemic last year about laughter and what people are willing to laugh out now versus what they would have previously. And I guess, again, this was a year ago. My assertion was that people just simply, this was March and April people didn't want to laugh. People weren't in the mood to laugh, no matter the fact that we were all struggling and, and doom scrolling and everything. No one wanted to laugh. They didn't want to get out of it by laughing. So I wonder how that's evolved in the last 12 months if people are more willing to, to be entertained that way. I have to think it does. I mean, is this uh, either uh, becomes normalized part of your life and, and things start to adjust to, a, to that point or if things get back to what we were used to in 2019. Uh, I, I think we'll, we'll get there. Todd wanted to know if I had a stage name as a comedian, uh, just Peter Dunn. I'll say this. I, I still would do up until last year, I would do like charity comedy shows, like celebrity comedy shows, which is, that's a loose term. Sorry, everybody. Um, and I actually did a couple of real shows with my friend who's the comic, but when I did them, I insisted that is they gave background that it was not like the phrase Pete the planner was not spoken because I, I wanted to go up there and just be a completely unknown person and, and, and face the struggle. And I'll say more than anything. Now comedy to me, the appeal of doing it is the fear 
that it could go horribly wrong is the buzz. They used to be what prevented me from wanting to do it. But now at this point, that's why like if I do live television segments or even or I have a radio interview I'm doing with in California after this, our show today, I never read the prep questions. I never even, I, I it's booked through my executive assistant and I like, I never want to know what we're talking about because the, the thrill is the risk of falling on flat on your face, staring into a camera or a microphone. Like that's the fun part. I did not know that about you. I, it doesn't terribly surprise me based on all the show prep we do, but it's, uh, I did not realize that. I never want to know, uh, which is stupid because I was doing a Fox business back when I would do that, a Fox business um, segment. And, and I used to do those and I'd say yes more than I should have said yes to those because I just wanted the publicity. It was sort of a midpoint of my career. And, and I remember one day they told me to be on and I, I remember it was about investing and I decided just to look up some stocks. <laughs> like, you know me, this is stupid. What I'm saying is the dumbest thing you've heard. And I looked up like Apple's PE ratio for some reason. And they asked me Apple's PE ratio. Like, Dame, I didn't even talk about Apple, but I looked it up and, and they asked me and they didn't tell me they're going to ask me. They just asked me and I hit it. And in that moment, that was the last Fox business interview I ever did because I was like, well, that's that. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> and that was like, it was like, God was like, you know what? I'll give you one last pass here. And then you're not going to do it again. I don't know. Sorry. Small mercies. Boy, the podcast audience is really getting some extra content here. Um, okay, you ready for this? Oh, I'm your, not. You got your bomb? No. Um, I'm going to have it here in a second. Oh, I do have a bomb. Oh, someone put it in the... Uh, yeah. it what was, was it? Uh, Zencaster. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. No, I don't want to do that. There's, a, <laughs> there's still a startup. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that cruel. Okay, I think I got something. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I got to pull it up though so that people, that you all can see it. I'm not, by the way, podcast audience, I'm not, a, I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, are we ready? Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the Spallwart Smash Low Napa sneakers. Instead of reinventing the tennis shoe, Spallwart's Smash Low sneakers elevate a humble, timeless design with premium materials and craftsmanship. Their multi-panel uppers are made primarily from Napa leather and suede details on the lace box, toes, and heels Calf skin lines the interiors while the tongues are crafted from mesh fabric for breathability. They're finished with a cotton laces in a tonal rubber outsole. So Dame, for those that are not uh, watching the live stream right now, these are just a, a plain low top white sneaker, like a tennis shoe, old school. It looks like a old Stan Smith, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, I love Stan Smith. They're like one of my favorite shoes. I have like two or three pairs of them. I love them. They're white, they're plain, they're simple, they're classic. And, and this sort of looks like it without the green elements to it. So Dame, how much do you think these shoes are? Do they say where they might be on retail at? Or, or can you give me a hint there? Because I think that would uh, sway my answer significantly. That's, that's the thing. These shoes could be anywhere from like $29.99 to $299.99. See, yeah, you, you're totally on to it here, right? Because this is a look. It's a white, plain shoe that you're exactly right. You could find this at Walmart and it wouldn't be Spallwort or you'd buy. Wait, did I just somehow accidentally rhyme Walmart and Spallwort? I, that uh, crossed my mind, but uh, you're right there. Oh, my Lord. These are $285, Dame. You can get a pair of Stan Smiths or Nike Trailblazers for like 50 bucks that look just as good as these. Here's the thing about expensive shoes. Um, <laughs> the second you scuff them, you're so mad at yourself. You, you, you do like, I'm never wearing shoes again. Like it gets real difficult. You know what I mean? Do you think at some point they're going to sell pre-scuffed shoes like they sell jeans with cuts in them? Oh, I'm sure they do. I, I'm sure Prada, 
or Balenciaga, something like that. Bless you. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, don't dad joke me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Thomas, uh, uh, Dame's son is watching inside the live stream. Thomas, your dad is a funny, funny man. He will disagree with that. He, he thinks you're funny, doesn't he? I doubt it. Who do, they, who do your kids think is funny, your mom or dad? Oh, that's a great question. I will find out when I get back inside. We did. Well, I, I, first of all, I'm clearly the funniest person in my household, but my kids think my wife's the funniest person in the household. Really? Yeah, it's 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 no good. Wow. I mean, she is funny, but I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's in the news? Uh, Pete, you and I talked about this briefly earlier this week, the current COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent stay at home and social distancing directives might have played a major role in romance scams, uh, reaching record levels in 2020. Total losses were estimated at a record $304 million, up about 50% from 2019, with the average loss last year being estimated at $2,500 per individual. What? Yeah. So, Damien, you hear a story? Yeah. So I have a friend who, on social media, uh, a, a woman that he knows sent him a direct message, right? You know, it slid into the DMs, as the kids say. Oh, sure. And, and in it, it said, you know, basically like, hey, click on this link, you know, so we can talk more, <laughs> right? And, and my friend was like, he's a single guy, right? He's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So he clicked on the link. And there was nothing there. He wasn't hacked. And then he he sent a DM back to her that said, "Hey, that link didn't work. Um, that you sent me to you know to chat that way." And then she said, "I didn't send you a link. Uh, it was a it, it was a scam, or it was it was a, a hack job." So then he had to admit that he clicked on a link that he thought was going to lead to. Oh man, man. So he he was that close to being a, a victim of a romance scam. Oh, and then he told me about it. Then I told everyone on the radio show. Which is a huge issue in judgment on his part. To tell me? Yeah. He didn't tell me at a party, though. I wouldn't have heard the story. No. By the way, that if anyone just heard my doorbell ring, you know how my mom called earlier in the show? My Was mom her checking up on you to make sure you're alive? I don't know. She just it looks like she walked up with some cookies and a mask on. So, Did she bring enough for everybody? I don't know. Hopefully she bought them and didn't make them. All right, Dane, what else is in the news? Uh, U.S. home prices surged at the fastest pace in nearly seven years in December, fueled by low mortgage rates and Americans moving from crowded urban areas to houses in the suburbs. 20-city study, uh, study rather released Tuesday shows that prices climbed 10.1% in December from a year earlier. The year-end jump was the biggest since April 2014 and follows a strong 9.2% year-over-year gain in November. Pete, we've been saying it real estate's kind of hot right now yeah i I was thinking actually when on my run today my five mile run dame i was thinking you know every time i make predictions i always start by saying you know i don't like to make predictions and then i make a prediction but i found that i've said that a lot so it turns out i like making predictions dame i think real estate is not gonna have a down year but i would be surprised if real estate prices went up more than five to seven percent this year i i I don't even know what to expect in real estate at this point. It just seems like it's so over, overbought at this point that I, I don't know. What else is in the news? Grocery chains are coming under pressure to boost hourly employees' pay again as municipalities push continued aid for frontline workers nearly a year into the COVID-19 pandemic. This one's a little bit longer, Pete. Settle in. Mm. Seattle, Long Beach, California, and other cities have passed new rules requiring supermarkets to provide employees temporary bonus pay. Others, including L.A., are considering similar mandates designed to help employees who have to show up for work in public-facing jobs like cashiers or baggers and risk exposure to the virus. Some grocers are pushing back, though, saying that shoppers will bear the costs. Who could have seen that coming? Grocery executives say rules to raise wages, in some cases by as much as $5 an hour, will increase expenses by about 30% in stores and squeeze already thin profit margins. Some chains, including Crozier, say that they will close some stores and areas with the new wage mandates, while other retailers say they're going to boost food prices and may cut back on services like checkouts. 
Interestingly, though, some rules passed by municipalities like Long Beach may favor certain businesses over others. Last month, the city mandated a $4 an hour increase to supermarket employees for 120 days. The rule applies to retailers that devote 70% of their business to food and employ 300 or more people nationwide, targeting conventional grocery chains rather than general merchandisers like Walmart and Target, even if they have groceries in those locations. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly where I was going with this, is that this is a boon for Walmart. Yep. Guaranteed. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this is uh, part goes back to the debate of, you know, do you raise wages uh, across the board and, and what are the consequences going to be? And, and we've got some direct feedback from the people that would be affected, the businesses that would be affected here. Uh, you know that I think there should be a $15 federal minimum wage. I've stated this on the show. When that happens and how that happens is a different story, though. Like, I, I, I feel differently about that, but I think it should happen. But here's the reality of that, the way I see it. This isn't truth. This is my opinion. Uh, Damon, a colleague, uh, Chad Force, our, our colleague Chad and I were uh, on a trip in northern Ohio, um, business trip last year. And we stopped at a McDonald's or something. I don't remember. Um, and we went to order and there weren't cash registers. There were panels that you just order touchscreen panels. And, and it's like between that and bank tellers, the automation will, will be what happens if there's $15 an hour jobs, because if someone is taking my order for a, a Big Mac with a large fry and a bottled water, it doesn't need to be a person getting 15 bucks an hour. It can be a machine that is, is going to be more efficient and that's, what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's going to be the solution that lots of industries are going to implement to try and make sure that they can keep their costs in line. Yeah, again, you know, you see the reports come out. They, they'll say, th oh, we're out, of t we're out of show. We're out of show. I got so excited, but at least I didn't run over. Dame, thanks. Good show this week. Um, thanks for all for watching and, and uh, listening, of course. Uh, sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. Have your next dollar plan. See you next week. All right, so Dame... I might go say hi to my mom. Um, Did you leave her outside? No, uh, Mrs. Planner's talking to her outside. Okay. Right. So I might go do that. Hey, everybody. I want to see my mom. I haven't seen her in a while. And uh, I'm going to go outside and see her. So goodbye, everybody. Dame, I'll talk to you later. Sure. Um, go say hi to your parents if you can.